Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. When Josh, uh, Pastor Josh asked me to preach on Mother's Day, it's always an interesting one, you know, because it's a tough crowd. Um, what do you say? I mean, you, can I, if I talk, I could, there's more than enough to talk about how amazing mums are for the rest of the morning, uh, but it could be a tad polarising uh, for the blokes who have already had a quite a gushy weekend um, and the, the Mother's Day brunch yesterday and all that. Uh, however, it's very well deserved and honouring that we would talk about mums that long. And so in kind of thinking through this morning and uh, I guess what I've been looking at all this week in the subject of changing, of repentance and changing and choosing and and thinking through how mums, and I've called this how to grow a human because it's what mums do but it's also everything I'm going to talk about applies to every single one of us as people or as fathers or as uncles and grandparents. How to grow a human. Obviously, to start with, there's a lot of nutrients and then there's a lot of choosing and a lot of changing. And so the title of my message today, How to Grow a Human, How to Choose and How to Change. And just to start with, I want to start in John 12, 23, it says this, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Bit of a paradox there. He's talking about if you want to keep your life, you've got to give it away. If you want to produce fruit, then you've got to fall to the ground and die. And it's such a picture to me of, of I guess, the, the motherhood journey and the parental journey of, uh, in, in, honestly, in, in growing a human, practically speaking, they give the, the best of, their, um, of themselves, often in their best years. Not that it's downhill from there, don't get me wrong, but it's in the, the time of life when there's a, a, a fertility you know, I'm just talking biologically in the timeline and things like that, and uh, and so there's uh, all the all the the necessary preparations. They're an adult, they're not a child, but then they're they're not. They've still got all their strength, but they give that and they choose to give that in cultivating someone else. And it's not just physically. Then the years to start with it might start with such a a physical intensity of just giving and giving and giving, and then over time shifts into the tensions of emotionally giving and uh, and heart and prayer and things when when the child starts to grow up and then even physical distance may happen when they assume their own life. And so, but for all of us, we don't just grow someone else, we also grow ourselves. Like how do we grow a human? First of all, me. Like how do I grow as a person, especially submitted to God, honouring God and also wanting to uh, be the best example or the best blessing I can to the people around me? And in doing that, a lot, we tend to think a lot of it comes down to fate. And we might not say that, but we kind of be like, ugh. Our, our vocab tends to give us a way of where we're at. Well, we're, 
I grew up here, or oh, I'm, I'm in this family, you know, oh, and there seems to be a bit of an attitude, or even, oh, I'm in this job, oh, how come you don't do something else? Well, I'm stuck in this job, I can't, you know, I can't change it, or, uh, or whatever that be. We seem to somehow, uh, often, you know, when you're meeting people, or you're chatting with them, or if they seem a bit flat, it's, it's a blaming of circumstances, uh, verse, and, 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 and laboring on what they can't change versus what they can. And not focusing or not getting excited about a, the agency that they have of changing the things that are in their control. But the fatalistic blaming of, well, I was born in the wrong spot or, or, the, or to the wrong people or uh, in the wrong town or in the wrong, I'm now in the wrong profession. The sunk cost is too big. I've been working in this job 10 years. So it's too late to change all that kind of stuff. And yet to grow a human. The, the, the power of it is in how to choose and how to change. How to choose things and then how to change things. And it's interesting that my, my foundation scripture for this morning comes out of Romans chapter 10. And it says this, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? It says the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. It's interesting when Jesus came and we, we, you know, we think he was a preacher or a rabbi and, and we kind of think, well, what did he do? Did he just turn up in every town and then kind of go, what am I going to preach this week? And, And I guess, you know, he was in a context and he would use parables and talk about different things, but he did have a message where it was kind of a common thing that he talked about. And in Matthew 4, verse 17, it says this, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And I don't know about you, but that saying it that way only conjures up negative things. <laughs> If you think back in, if that's ever, if you've ever heard that uh, in any kind of media, it's usually got a bad connotation. It's usually with some, you know, uh, almost Gandalf kind of creature with a big long bony finger, like repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. As in you have to change because you're a sinner. Uh, if it's all ever portrayed in a, in a movie, it's kind of that kind of way that the preacher with a furrowed brow is angry, or if it's some crazy cat on a street corner, uh, they're angry, or or that they're right, someone else is wrong. And yet Jesus never said it in that tone or heart, or that's not what he was thinking when he said that. Uh, And I just want to, when we're talking today about choosing and changing, the power of that word repent. Again, it's hard to even say it without sort of thinking, it's judgmental or whatever, but it's actually the most beautiful, powerful word ever. That word repent, where it talks about metanoia, it's a change of mind, a change of heart. It's like a transformation of a change. Who knows that all of us 
we're doing the best we can. Others think we can do a whole lot better, but we think we're doing the best we can. You know what I mean? And we do it with the information that we've got. But who knows that when we get better information or different and we change and we go, oh, I thought I was right, now I've found something else out, now, now I'm right. Whether I am right or not hasn't changed, but maybe my opinion's changed on something. And that is a change of mind, a change of heart. Perhaps then that cascades over into a change of behaviour and then some, then finally then other people go, oh wow, something's changed in your life. You know, um, and it's often one change in one area of life causes other changes. Someone might lose their job and then it causes their personal habits to change. Uh, or if their, if their marriage changes, as in it, if it, if they become married, behavior changes, thinking changes. You're suddenly always wrong. You were never wrong before you got married and then suddenly you're just wrong. Or vice versa. If there's a, a, a conscious uncoupling, if, if, a, if a family gets destroyed and bust apart, then you often see a change in the behaviours. Suddenly they're all back to the gym. They've all got better tans and better muscles and, um, and, and everyone's a motivational speaker again. I don't know why when life falls apart that everyone suddenly then is you know, amazing like that. But um, there's often change that happens and then it, it joins together. And yet when Jesus, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is here, it was full of grace, it was full of compassion, it was full of love, because he's like, man, you can change your mind because the, the kingdom of God's here right now. Even the, the Jews or the, the people, the religious people that were like, they're waiting for the Messiah, and he's like, you don't have to wait. Or they thought when Jesus came, the Messiah came, that he was just going to annihilate, he was just going to cause havoc, uh, you know, and, 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 and actually rule like a dictator would. And he actually ruled in a totally different way. And they still thought, oh, well, are you the guy or is there someone else coming? Like, what, what? I thought, you know, you'd fix up all the Romans and all this kind of jazz. And yet you're just here serving, you know, uh, you, what, what's going on? And, and so he said, no, 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 it's here right now. The kingdom of God is here right now. So change your mind. So think, have a new way of thinking. Get a revelation of, of the power of God right here, right now. Well, I don't see it. I don't see anything different. No, but that's why he kept preaching it. That he says that Jesus started preaching and he continued to preach that. You see in other scriptures where he'd turn up in a town and he preached the kingdom of God. Repent, but not like you're wrong. No, capture what is here right now that you don't see yet of God's kingdom. It might feel like he's against you, but I'm telling you, no, change that way of thinking because he's here right now and he loves you right now. Well, if he was here and the God of the universe, why wouldn't he just make us all... Healed and millionaires and, you know, six pack abs and whatever else. Like, no, no, no. And this is the deception. But he, but Jesus himself, when he was there, he's just like, no, no, no. The kingdom of God's here. Capture it. Repent. A change of mind. A change of heart. That, that word metanoia. And so I just want to kind of walk through a couple of scriptures that talk about repenting because we're talking about how to choose and how to change and how we're growing a human that this is part, it should be part of our daily life. Not once every 10 years when we finally make a, a, a big enough, dumb enough mistake or a sin that kind of other people realize and then I have to repent. You know, that actually the changing process, the metamorphosis, you know that word. Well, that's same, same that, that the beginning is the same as this word repent, where it's the metanoia, where there's a change, there's a shift. And I think it's powerful because Jesus is encouraging us to do it. This is when, when he turned up somewhere. He said, doesn't feel like it, but God's 
the kingdom of God's here right, right now. Receive it. In 2 Corinthians 7, verse 9, it says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you, your sorrow led to repentance. Change of heart, change of direction, change of mind. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, change, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow that the world produces, the sorrow of the world produces death. So how's that? That there's a godly sorrow that causes a repentance or a change. What is it when you realize that God has a better way? And you're like, ah, but the joy, the, it might be like, ah, oh, I wish I'd changed earlier. I wish I knew about God's love earlier. You know, if you, if we're later in life and we've made some dumb mistakes, but even after we, we come to know Christ and we're followers of Jesus, we're still clearly bumbling around here making a ton of mistakes. And so it, the better we get at changing, the more enjoyment we can have in the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about right and wrong and fixing it and policing. I'm, let's just talk about joy. <laughs> There's too many people that try to follow God and hating it. <laughs> it's still feeling depressed about that. And yet, it says that there's a, 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 a godly sorrow where it's like, ah, oh, wow, I wish I'd known about that earlier. But it says that it leads, it leads to great places. It says godly sorrow produces repentance. So when you're sad about something, you realize God's got a better way. It actually causes a change of direction. And then you enjoy that part of God's kingdom. Forgiveness, love, grace. Healing, life, prosperity, whatever that is, peace of mind. But a godly sorrow of the world produces death, which is that judgment that you're wrong and you have to stay in that state and you're powerless and helpless to change, to repent. Romans 2 verse 4 says this, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Isn't it funny that the very word repentance makes us think of bad things? And yet the very, it says the way that we repent is by God's goodness, not his badness, not his judgment, not his anger, not anything else, but it's actually his goodness that leads us to change, not the stick. The carrot rather than the stick. And so it's not, you know, we talk about the change of behavior. Maybe you touch the hot plate and then you realize, ouch, there's pain. And then you realize you don't want to do that again. Hopefully as a child, probably as a husband, you know, we, we make silly mistakes at home sometimes. Uh, but, and then suddenly we think, oh, there's something wrong. No, no, no there's, it's, there is pain in life. It doesn't, misery is optional, but there's sometimes there's pain because we're, 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 we get bruised or we bounce around on planet earth. And so sometimes we learn something. That's not how you do that. And you think, well, is God hating me because I'm in pain? No, 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 no. Your very body is designed for joy, but also it, it warns you pretty quickly if you're heading towards ongoing pain. And sometimes then we get angry at God for that in life. I'm saying. We want to do everything our way, and then when it leads to pain, then we want to get angry at God, versus godly repentance is, oh, man, I was bumbling around down here in the dark. I've realized God's light shone in on, a, on an area of life, and I realized there's a better way. I was hating everyone and thinking I was right, and they were all wrong, 
and and I was but I ended up lonely and and just annoyed and depressed and I realized even though they were wrong and I was right and I want to make sure everyone knows about it no one cares and God's like mate just forgive for your own sake because you're just so annoying right now (laughs) please and you realize we're trying to get caught up on the rights and wrongs and all that kind of stuff and it's God's goodness that leads us to repentance when I ever get sad and start to try and tell God about it, usually he reminds me of all the amazing things in my life. He doesn't usually try and sit there with me too long and go, yeah, you're right, you got it really bad, Christian. <laughs> you should be worried. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. We're talking about growing humans. And in, in growing a human, there's a lot of soft and hard and everything in between. You're growing cells and you're growing flesh and then you're growing sinews and, uh, and arteries. They can be a little bit harder than just squishy flesh. And then, but then you get to, like you're growing at the same time, you're growing bones. No wonder sometimes the pregnant ladies get a bit, uh, you know, cranky because they're growing so many things. Like there's so many, so much information going through. They're growing bones as well. It's not just all soft and mushy. In the midst of that, there's these tensions that are correct. Even muscles need the stretching of tension. And all. so in a healthy, growing a healthy human, there's soft and hard and not just those two, but everything in between. Tension. And so we need to understand that there's change and shift. It doesn't mean, when I talk about uh, a heart of repentance, a heart towards God's kingdom to just keep embracing all that he has, it doesn't mean everything's mush. We see that in society. They're like, well, we don't want to be hard, so everything's okay. But it doesn't lead to anything great. They can do it. Society can come up with any harebrained idea of what they want, of how to run a life and run a business and uh, run a recipe. They can say it's fine to eat, you know, bark and bricks you know that's a fine but it's just not going to work that's all it's going to cause pain on the inside as you eat it and as you pass it there's just things that are not designed for that system and so god's kingdom's the same you know sometimes we've been there's a way of life we've been trying to get along with and then we realize because of his grace and his love that there's a different way and it's actually the way the system as in the beautiful creation of how he made it was designed to live And I want to encourage us today, as Jesus did back in the day, to change the way we are because God's kingdom is here. Embrace what he has for you. How do we do that? Sounds great, Christian, but how do you change? It actually is actually very difficult. How do you choose something? How do every day we wake up, we eat, you know, we breathe, we drive, we we decide on things. We're making decisions all day. Research is showing that uh, your decision-making powers, your willpower, is a little, almost a bit like a muscle, that uh, you can actually make better decisions in the morning or work out your rhythms. And they've even done studies on, uh, on surgeries and things like that, mistakes in surgeries and stuff like that, that there's uh, so many less kind of mishaps and things like that with people earlier on in their shift than later on in their shift and it's the same in the day I try to make decisions before lunch because in the afternoon it invariably I just don't feel like I've got enough the same energy towards those decisions 
And so there's, there's ways we just tend to think we can, we live and make decisions, but it takes energy. It requires effort. It's the same like with growing humans. Children think everything happens without any effort. <laughs> you know, they think dinner happens. They think, have anyone seen the video of the guy? The, 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 uh, the wife's all stressed out because there's washing everywhere, there's laundry and all that. And he said, hey, honey, just relax. It's okay. He's like, seriously, since we got married and I moved into your home and we're living together now and where I'm in your house, there's something about this house that's amazing. He said, don't worry about the laundry. He said, if you leave it out long enough, the house just washes it and folds it and puts it in that cupboard. And she's like, are you serious? He said, yeah, it's the same. It's the same with the food. If I go and buy a pizza, I think I should clean it up. But if I leave the box out on the coffee table overnight, do you know by the next day, it's already in the bin? Maybe it's too deep for some people. (laughs) But who knows that living life takes effort and it actually then we need to refuel. Sometimes in God, you're feeling flat. You think something's wrong. You're just hungry. You haven't actually spiritually fed. Sometimes the decision-making power. Sometimes you're like, man, I don't know why. I used to be so bold and I used to have a lot of uh, willpower to resist dumb thoughts of peer pressure and stuff, but now I just feel like I'm falling into bad places. You probably haven't eaten, haven't got any nourishment, any faith, any something. there's power in God's word to keep exercising and making decisions, for exercising your will, to, to be choosing better choices. And things like that. And so there's a change, but the best way to change is to front load your life with God's word and God's kingdom. Because it's the goodness of God. Who knows if I'm hungry and then I try to change what I want to eat, it's very hard. But if I start in the morning and smash down some smoothie full of who knows how to say all those words of that stuff. Or even if I don't feel like if I just eat spinach leaves to start with. Or maybe you, you eat a salad first up. Then you've got something, you're not as hungry and desperate and hangry and everything to then make a better decision because you've already made a better decision. In life, sometimes we've got to front load it with some great things, which if we, if we, we've met God, we know where to go to get some great things. <laughs> like we did this morning, singing and praising to magnifying Him, reading from His Word. And then no wonder we sort of leave sometimes encouraged because there's actual spiritual substance inside of us to make a Repentant change to make a difference. We see this even in uh, in other studies. There's a guy called Jabri that said the way when we're talking about a change and change management is utterance is the thing that creates a state of change. Because we go, okay, Christian, I want to do better. How do I? Do, I don't know. How do I do it? Is there a lever to pull? Yes. We see in Scripture how to do it. We, that was my foundation verse in Romans 10 where it says that you can believe in your heart but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Deliverance is when you say something and when utterance happens. Who knows that there's, uh, and uh, again, it's kind of there's a resurgence in this rites of passage kind of thing in life because it got so done away with out of modern society that we're trying to rebuild it now with rites of passage that happen when someone, maybe they turn 13 or maybe they, something happens, maybe they get married, maybe something changes, uh, maybe there's a, a promotion, there's an acknowledgement, there's an endorsement and it comes around utterance. And so if you forget everything else I say today, remember this, that change happens through utterance. 
Are you just saying we say it, Christian, and everything changes? No, no, I'm saying that's the threshold of change. That's not everything. Honey, will you take the trash out? Yeah. That doesn't mean you've done it. <laughs> Trust me, you haven't done it. But it doesn't, change doesn't happen without the utterance process. Or if you want to facilitate more change in your life, change, facilitate more of the, of utterance of better things. You think, I want God's kingdom. How does it come? When Jesus came, how did he usher in the kingdom of God? He announced it. He said, change, make a change of heart and, and mind because the kingdom of God is here. We didn't see anything different. I know. In your life, we might be stuck in little, you know, whatever it is, the weights or sins. Not just everything sin, but weight even. Pressure in life that so easily besets us. You know, there's things that just catch on. This the way to start changing the rudder of your life and the direction of your life and how to grow brilliant humans, maybe yourself, how to choose and how to change. It comes out of utterance. And so maybe either it's a great way to either take a kind of a litmus paper test on where am I at with my faith is what's coming out of my mouth already. But also then how do we want to fuel our faith? It's what's coming out of our mouth. You might be like, man, Christian, I've been reading the Bible, I get nothing out of it. Have you tried speaking it? I get nothing out of the Bible. Yeah, because it's closed and it's propping up the short leg on the coffee table. <laughs> well, yeah, but even I've been listening to preaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even that's getting boring. Even your preaching, Christian, is getting boring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. Have you tried speaking it? You know what's great about preaching? Is I get more out of this than, than listening. Why? Because it's very hard to doze off right here. It's very, it's a lot more awkward for me to go on Facebook right now and Insta, you know what I mean, rather than like row 17. So it forces me to be more, more focused. Forces me to be more prepared to come to church. Now it's not the only time I get into God, don't worry. But sometimes you've got to, you've got to play your own mind games to trick yourself into living in the best way possible because you're blowing time. We're, we're burning daylight here. We're burning years. And it's, and, it, and it's important to capture that time, redeem the time, because the days are evil. And you know how you can redeem it? With your utterance. And I say that word because I could just say speaking, but it doesn't resonate as much. Again, when we all leave out here and we're, we're having amazing scones and we're driving home or on Tuesday and you know, someone asks, what did you do on the weekend? You're like, yeah, I came to church or whatever. Like, what, what, yeah, what did they say? What was it on or something? And you're going to you're gonna go, you know how often you're like, man, it was good. Oh, cool. What was it? And you're like, eh. So at that moment, that's why I keep saying this word utterance. That's all I want you to remember from today. If on Tuesday you can remember utterance is a way of change. When I'm stuck in a sin and I don't know how to get out of it, utterance. James 5.16 says this. James 5.16, if we can get it up there because it's uh, on the screens. It's so cool. It's a couple, couple forward ahead. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent thoughts. No, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And don't worry about this, that man word, 
mothers on this Mother's Day. That's a species word, not a gender word. Don't worry about that. But I'm not going to re- re-change everything in the Bible to say everything's human. You know what I mean? Luke 17.3, is, this is so powerful. After James was talking about confessing your trespasses. How do you make a change? Utterance. You're stuck in something bad you don't know how to, how to get out of? Tell your wife. That was a joke, but it's true. Or tell your friend. Some weird thoughts are going around. Then you tell someone, you realise how dumb that was. Well, I'm thinking inside, you're thinking, I'm going to do this or do that. You say it, you realise, no, that's a dumb thing. Sometimes someone, sometimes your friend is telling you something that they're thinking and then you want to try and correct them. They've already corrected themselves in the process of utterance because as it's come out, they've realised how dumb it is and repentance has, has happened. Let's be slower to correct and more swift to hear. It's actually healing even in the hearing, healing in other people's utterance, the healing for their life. And this is the kicker in Luke 17 verse 3. says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. Utterance. And if they repent, forgive them. And as believers and followers of Jesus, I, we need to get better with our mouths. Not just we think we're right, everyone else is wrong. But it says there, if someone sins against you, rebuke them. You need, some of us, we think people have done stuff against us and they have no idea. <laughs> Imagine going to your friend and saying, I've been mad at you for three years because I feel like you didn't do that thing right or I heard a rumor that you talked against me or blah, 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 blah. And it's only at that point they're like, oh, I didn't even realize. Someone, people have come up to me and said, do you even realize I'm mad at you? I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> The subtle hints didn't work. I need it direct. So they, in their rebuking of me, we had a dialogue, a conversation, an utterance, and healing happened. And maybe in their understanding, maybe in mine, and I'm saying, I, I, I really do apologize. I didn't know. But in then, that's the thing. It says, if someone, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. We need to get better at rebuke. Not saying that the other person's wrong, but hey, I want to share my heart. There's a part of rebuke that is actually like, hey, I'm just highlighting something that's going on here. And then it says, but if they repent, forgive them. And so I want to call utterance out today because mamas are so good at this. The soft and the hard and sometimes there's a rule to be enforced and sometimes there's a, there's a softening, there's a cuddle that's needed. Sometimes there's a bone to heal or sometimes there's a bit of Vicks, a healing balm to put on. And it's all needed. And in our life with, as a believer, as a child of God, and in reaching out for all that he has for us in his kingdom, sometimes there's an utterance. Maybe sometimes there's a, uh, I need to talk more to my friends or family about how I feel like they've been doing me wrong. Maybe you need to fix some stuff with people in the room this morning. I'm not saying this is us in the room versus out there in the world. No, 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 I'm saying it's right in your own home, right in your own family, right in this room. That maybe you've been walking around mad and mad that no one else realized that you're mad. And you need to let the other person know, hey, I'm disappointed you said you were going to do that. It didn't happen. Maybe that'll be fixed that, that quick. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're right. I, I said I was going to pay for that thing and I hadn't. Thanks for reminding me. It's done. Boom. Or maybe 
someone's going to bring something up to you or maybe you're going to bring something up and say, hey, look, I've acknowledged that I've done something wrong here and I need, I'm asking you for forgiveness and you can receive it in that moment. Maybe you need to do that with God today. In growing a human, you think you're so hard on yourself, but if you separate, if you take yourself out of yourself and have a look back and go, man, I, I've been treating that person so badly, I've been talking so badly about them and to them. But maybe today, in just some of the some of the scriptures that I've been sharing, you're realizing that, I, and I believe God's heart this morning is He wants to capture capture your heart and your mouth, and see the kingdom of God start working in that area. Maybe right now in this moment you're realizing, I, I, I'm just realizing that I've been blaming God for everything. I've just been hating him for my own dumb mistakes or just how difficult life is. And I tell you, the, the way to change, the way to choose things, choose something different today. Maybe change to something different. It begins with an utterance of your heart. I can't do it for you, but you can't do it for me either. It's the power of choice, the, the honour that God has given each one of us as a human being to make the choice and to make the change. And today, maybe you've never actually used your utterance to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. Maybe you've never acknowledged God in your life. And maybe today you want to do that. Right at the end of this service. As other people are heading out to get tea and scones, if that's you, I'd love to pray with you. Just a simple prayer. Again, what's prayer? It's that utterance of a choice or a change. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you've kind of gone, I believe in God, but I don't know how this thing worked. How do I pull the lever? How do I flick the switch into becoming a Christian, a believer? This is how I share with you at the beginning. It's with the heart one believes, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to do that after service, but there's also, I believe, a group of people that something about God's word today is resonating with you in your personal, normal life. Might not be big to everyone else, but there's a moment right now that God is revealing something to you. It might be very simple, a harsh word, a relationship, a friendship that you destroyed by a misunderstanding. Who knows? Something needed. Someone that God's revealing to you right now that you either need to rebuke in a sense, and again, that sounds harsh, but highlight something too, or maybe you need to ask them for forgiveness. And for those people, we're going to have a moment of prayer right now. I'd like everyone to stand this morning. Let's just honour God. Father God, here we are, a bunch of your kids in a room, our hearts towards you this morning. God, you see our, our dreams and hopes and, and hurts and disappointments. And this morning, Lord, as a group of people, as a church, Lord, we offer you our heart. We, do, we start that with our words, Lord. Help us, lead us and guide us, Lord. Lord, we, we incline our heart to change, to repent, because the kingdom of God is here. And Lord, your, your, your greater ways of love and life and hope and joy and patience and faith and courage, Lord, are all here for us, and we receive them this morning. And Lord, right now, if there's areas of life that have been holding us back in life, God, just 
dumb grits of sand and things that we've been holding on to that we need to let go of. Lord, right now, reveal that to us and we're going to acknowledge it to you and it's going to be released from our life right now in Jesus' name. And while eyes are closed, if we just close your eyes right now just to give everyone a moment of privacy. And I'm not going to call anyone out the front, but just I just really believe it's a sacred moment. That's what, when we come together, it's a, it is a, a, watersh- a watershed moment, a moment of change. That God, you know the hearts of everyone, and right now, right where they are, just quickly, God, I thank you that you're healing, Lord, that you're fixing, Lord, that you're loving, Lord, that you're forgiving. And if that's, if there's anything, I'm not, again, eyes are closed. I'm not calling you out the front. It's just a moment to make an acknowledgement that God is dealing with your heart. If that's you and there's something right now that you're making a change on in your heart, I'd love you just to raise your hand where you are. I'm just going to acknowledge it. Awesome. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So good. So good. So good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just as I look around, you might have a name, you might have a thought, you might, you know, right now something you need to do straight after this church. But who knows? When church finishes, it's easy to forget. Thank you. See that hand? See that hand? That's fantastic. But right now, in lifting up your hand, I'm just, it's just a line in the sand that something is changing. You're giving something out or you're receiving something from God. That's fantastic. We're going to finish it. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. We're going to pray real quick. Father God, I thank you so much. Lord, you see these amazing hearts, these people in this room. Lord, that you're leading and guiding into greater things, into your kingdom. And to this morning, Lord, we utter, we commit to giving you our life. And Lord, we are open to your correction and your direction and your life and grace and love. And so, Lord, right now, and these people that have acknowledged something in your leading, something in your kingdom, God, that they're reaching out for, I thank you that you meet them right where they're at. And, Lord, I thank you by the very power in the name of Jesus that that change, that metanoia, that change of heart, that change of mind, that transformation is happening for them right now in Jesus' name. And, God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.